Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Youth and Culture podcast, where youth ministry and culture collide. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host, David Pinkham. I got to tell you guys something. Uh, If you have not got this yet for your youth group, get Telestrations. Have you heard of this game? Telestrations. No, I have not. Telestrations. Uh, It is a mix. Okay, so did you ever play the game Telephone growing up? Oh yeah, we, oh yeah. You Everyone. whisper something into somebody's ear, and by the time it gets to the end, it says it sounds like nothing. Like, yeah, it, it's intended. it's the best best youth group game to try uh, when you're talking about gossip. Yeah, <laughs> and during COVID, um, so <laughs> you know, get up real close to their ear. Um, so uh, imagine that mixed with Pictionary. So everybody yeah. gets a secret word, and you write it down, and then you go back and forth as you pat. Everybody has their own little pad that's got a bunch of different pages, and you pass it every turn and you're either looking at a word and drawing a picture of it and then passing it or looking at a picture and trying to guess what it is using words and it goes back and forth and back and forth until everybody gets their tablet back and then you do the reveal and so you reveal what the secret word was and then you show the picture the guess the picture the guess the picture the guess and it gets real funny real quick because people cannot draw (laughs) and some people cannot see what was drawn we had we played it at my birthday party friday night and with a a bunch of my friends from church and um i don't remember what the original word was but one of the girls got um french onion soup that was the word that she received so she tried to draw a picture of a bowl of french onion soup and her husband was sitting next to her and when he got her picture he was like that looks like an alien frog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, we were laughing so hard. It was It's such a fun game. I mean, and it gets goofy with the right group of people. So if you got a small youth group, I think there's like a party game that you can, a party version, you can get up to 12 people at the same time. Or you can just rip up a bunch of pieces of paper or cut them up and staple them and do one yourself. But it's a fantastic game. and It's a lot of fun. You get a lot of laughs out of it. Yeah, sp- speaking of game, it makes me think of something that um, I played at – uh, me and my wife did at uh, some friend's house. This is probably about a month ago. And it's something to the, I can't remember the name of the game. Uh, so if I, if I mess it up, those of you are listening, I'm sorry. Uh, but something to the nature of, of like, uh, throw the burrito. Or the throw, burrito. throw burrito. Throw, throw burrito. There you yes. go. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's two, there's two plush burritos. And mm-hmm. it's, go, it's almost like a mix between uh, spoons. Mm-hmm. Because like, you're going around trying to get three of a kind of something and build up yep. point. You're trying to get points. Uh, but with that is these little challenges. If you get three, like uh, throw the burritos. I forget the different things. There's a duel. There's one yep. there's a duel. So you can duel somebody. Uh, there's one that's an all-out war where everyone's grabbing those two burritos and trying to throw somebody. Mm-hmm. And if you hit somebody with a burrito, I can't remember what it is. They, I think you lose, you lose points. I think so. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's a hilarious game. So I'm playing this with with our friends and and uh, their oldest daughter, and it ended up being a uh, duel between me and their daughter. 
So you beat her in the head. <laughs> no, so, <laughs> no, but it's what we did was pretty funny. It, really, it wasn't me as much as it was her. So we're, of course, you're, you're back to back and you yep. get like a formal duel and you have to walk three steps to turn around and take these plush burritos uh, and throw it at each other. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, they're the best. If you, if you have a stress, feel like a stress ball. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're fun. real soft. Yeah, they're fun, fun to mess with. Anyway, so we're doing, we're doing the duel. She turns, we turn around, I look at her and she just books it and books oh, yeah, around. Because you can run, can't you? Yes, you can run. Run. So she, so she's, she's running around around the house, and then ends up running outside. And so I'm chasing her. And I said, I said, I said, forget this. I'm so I just sit there and wait. Next thing, and then finally, I, I just sneak around here and corner her and trick her to thinking I'm going a certain way, and, and actually pegged her outside. Um, you anyway, know, there's a yard game version of that. No, there it's two giant inflatable burritos. Oh, that would be an awesome youth game. And. They have another version called Throw Throw Avocado, and it's two little plush avocados, and you can combine Throw Throw Burrito and Throw Throw Avocado into one big game. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. So those of those you listening, those of you listening, you got to try a Throw Throw Burrito. The, one of the best games I've played in a while and a perfect youth group game. Yep. Uh, to play we played well. it at our Super Bowl party every year. I didn't know it was that old. I never heard of the game until just recently. I, I think it's relatively new, but we played it the last few years. And I have, I bought Throw Throw Burrito and Throw Throw Avocado, and I'm going to pull them out this year. It's our Super Bowl party. So um, I'm looking forward to it. That and the candied bacon I make every year. Ooh, candied bacon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a sad to say. I know we're, we're, we're going to rabbit trails a little bit, but <laughs> but it's a sad to say that I'm not, I haven't watched, fully watched a Super Bowl in like five years. I show up for the food and hang out with the teens, man. I don't care about what's going on on screen. <laughs> see, see, my my uh, for over the years, my teens. Well, of course, they're just in a, in a new ministry atmosphere now. But uh, in the past, if my teens just much rather just hang out and do stuff at parties at home. So mm-hmm. uh, we haven't done Super Super Bowl party in probably seven or eight years. Well, uh, we're we're kind of I guess we're kind of blessed because I I also invite several of the youth groups to come over and just hang out with our kids and. Since they all go to the same schools, typically they all know each other, so it's a good opportunity for some collaboration between ministries. But you know, I mean, it's to each his own. Some parents don't let their kids come, and it's not because they're like, "Oh, I don't like your youth ministry." It's because they don't want to deal with the drunks on the way home. <laughs> that is, that is true. That is true. <laughs> uh, well, guys, I'm I'm really excited. Uh, what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be uh, we had our, I had an opportunity to talk with Jim Weidman. Uh, some of you who are listening may have, or be familiar with that name because he's done a lot of stuff with Orange and other organizations as well, uh, from writing curriculum and uh, content uh, articles, and now a new book they just released on leadership. Uh, but I'm really uh, one thing that he uh, wrote in his book, a chapter that really stuck out to me was leadership integrity. Uh, I the reason why it stuck out to me is. is um, I don't know about you, David. It just—it just feels like that integrity and leadership is just not talked about enough, um, specifically in the church. You think it would be the place where it's talked about more, but a lot of times it's not talked about enough about having integrity in your leadership. Um, you think integrity and being a believer in Christ go hand in hand, but sad to say that that's not not always always the case in churches. Yeah, well, it, our natural man doesn't like being held accountable. 
exactly. And that's where you see, um, we're seeing more and more ministry leaders fail in mm-hmm. certain areas in leadership. So um, it's had a great opportunity to talk to him about this and um, just pour into him and just pour in his brain about how can we have better integrity uh, when it comes to leaders. I'm looking forward to it. Well, guys, stay tuned as we talk with Jim White. Well, guys, I am really excited about um, our topic today. We're going to be talking about uh, something I think all of us really discuss and contemplate, but I think it's a good thing for us to revisit specifically as uh, church leaders is this topic of, of, of leadership integrity and what does that look like and why is that important uh, in our ministries? So I'm, I'm very excited to be talking with uh, Jim Weidman, specifically on this uh, topic and this issue. So Jim, uh, before we get started, how about you introduce yourself a little bit, uh, your story and where you are today? Yeah, man. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan, for having me on. It's just uh, a wonderful honor to be here today. Um, I was like a lot of folks. Uh, uh, I came to know the Lord during the Jesus movement back in the 70s and uh, started going to church. And, uh, you know, if you ever took drugs in the 60s and 70s and you showed up at church, they stuck you in the youth group. And uh, that was just kind of how it was to not collect, go, you know, uh, don't get $200, just go work with young people. And uh, One day my pastor came and um, said that, you know, grab your guitar, get your Bible, put your hair in a ponytail. And uh, the lady over children's ministry didn't show up today and you need to do it. And uh, that was the longest month I'd ever spent in 90 minutes. And uh, I started praying, Lord, raise up somebody to work with kids. And here, 48 years later, I'm uh, still sitting at the kids' table and still hanging out in children's ministry, worked at um you know, six great churches, been able to uh, uh, start a lot of things and invent a lot of things in children's ministry over the years. And uh, now I'm the executive operations pastor. I'm still over kids, uh, volunteers, but I'm over the operations at the Belonging Co. in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, just having the time of my life. And uh, it's it's just an honor to be with you. and. Uh, you know, it's it's great to be in ministry, but it's great to stay in ministry. No, no absolutely. And again, I, w- I want to revisit something you just talked about because I just think it's I think it's important for us, and it's 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 very refreshing for me to hear. Is how long have you been in children's ministry? Well, um, I have been in children's uh, ministry for 46 years and uh then i was in youth ministry just a little bit you know with the whole family ministry next gen thing and then the way let's be honest the way youth pastors used to not stay put uh i was in youth ministry 
you know, after about a year at every church that I was at till we hired someone. And uh, so it's, um, it's just great to be in ministry in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, and I'm halfway through the sixties. And uh, actually this Sunday, I'll be closer to 70 than I am 60 and looking forward. I, I gave my pastor my 25 year notice the other day. I told him, I'd work for them in my 70s and 80s, but I'm going part-time in my 90s. And, uh, so it's good. Yeah, and, and, and the reason why, why that's so encouraging is, is the longevity in ministry. It's, it's so, to me, it's just so refreshing to hear that. Because, um, again, it, 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 in ministry today, when you, when you think about longevity and ministry and what that looks like, it, it's becoming less and less of, a practice. We talk about longevity, but we don't necessarily stay in ministry along. Um, so it's very, it's very refreshing to hear that. Um, of course, we're, we're talking about, uh, 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 you got a new book out. It's authentic, yeah. authentic leadership that last, uh, which is, is a short read, but a very good read. Um, and I wanted to hold in again, this today, uh, specifically on one, one, uh, topic that you kind of hit on, on, on the book. That I think it's, really important again that that is this um the this idea and this concept of of maintaining your integrity in leadership um so so why why do you think there is a lack of integrity in leadership why do you think that's such a problem in our church culture i think that so many times um we don't realize that you know i love john maxwell so thankful for his teaching on leadership uh, but to me, leadership's a lot more than just um, uh, being able to have influence. I think that at the start of it, of leadership or authentic leadership, is this idea that I'm willing to be an example and set that example for you. And especially in youth ministry and children's ministry, uh, you know what? What uh, made me grow my hair out and shoot the peace sign the first time was this whole idea of do as I say, not as I do, rather than come follow me as I follow the Lord. And uh, it's it's so crazy these days. You go on any Barna survey, you look at anything that's talking about young people, and you see that there's this distrust or this... Uh, unplugging or disconnect with leadership because folks have just not been willing to set the example. And I like to say when I point my finger at my kids at my house or the kids at my church, there's three more fingers looking back at me. And one of the things that's helped me maintain my integrity is I don't want to, I don't want to not please the Lord, but I also want to be an example and don't, I look at all the thousands of young people that I've got to minister to over these almost five decades, and I don't want to disappoint them. I want to show them that um, I, you know, if you live this book, if you do what it says, uh, you can have longevity. Yeah, and you, you were talking about, and again, you in 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 the book you talk about, uh, or as like like lying. In other words, you, you talk about lying. I can smooth out rough situations, and I'm quoting um, quoting here, that it can help you avoid conflict. It can 
oil a squeaky wheel, and it can also become a habit that destroys your character of ministry. When I when I read that that statement, um, kind of made me think about um, us and, and the westernized culture of success is is pr produce, 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 and I think that mentality is not. Some of it's not necessarily bad, but it that's so ingrained in our church culture and our leadership that, and where we had this desire to succeed, desire to go to the next level of our leadership and whatever they may look like, that I think sometimes without even maybe without even consciously realizing it, we we exaggerate, make ourselves bigger than what we really are, uh, just to to get to the next big thing or whatever. Uh, that may be. Um, and I, I've seen that many times in the, the church world where, and again, I, I live in youth ministry. And what I'm seeing now in student ministry uh, specifically more and more is, um, and again, I do this right now. So I'm, I'm, so I'm in this camp, but we, we feel like the next best step is, is to have something like a podcast or get up speaking at conferences or, or are writing a book or writing articles or whatever it may be, but we, we had this I, idea of what our next step in leadership and our goals. And we sometimes we suit, uh, we compromise to do whatever we want to do, not necessarily what God wants, but whatever we want to do. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I coach a lot of folks that when I ask them, why did you want coaching? They say, I want a national ministry. I want to go that next step. I want these things. And I'm, you know, uh, having a national ministry for a number of years, I never asked for it. All I did was grow the local church and uh, that I was working at. And people started coming to ask what was going on and the invitations to the conferences. This was when conference was a new idea rather than, um, you know, I think, conferences are seeing their better day, but that's a whole nother workshop. Uh, I think there's better ways to, to train and, and do things. Um, there is a place for the conference, but it's just, you know, it's not what it used to be. And um, uh, I think that it's so important that we realize uh, that our integrity comes first. One of the things that made this book happen is uh, this is actually uh, I wrote uh, another book that this was based on 22 years ago, and it was uh, published by a group, mag uh, group and uh, their folks, and I tried to get it back because it just talked about cassettes, talked about 20-year-old technology, 20-year-old stuff. At the time I wrote it, um, I didn't know what I know right now. I'm not the same leader I was 20 years ago. I'm not the same person. Uh, I'm, uh, I've learned so much that uh, I didn't like having this book available to buy uh, because to me, it wasn't the best representation. There were some things that, um, you know, most of the original book I threw away. I kept the chapter titles. But uh, then I rewrote everything because I changed how I lead uh, uh, had changed. And so it was one of those things that um, I kept asking if we can update it, if we can 
do something with it. And because it was on the seminary and textbook market uh, in children's ministry, uh, uh, they just kept it. And then 2020 happened. And uh, that was one of the great things that happened. Um, some of my books that were published for publishing companies came back and uh, I got to throw everything in the trash that uh, I felt like was not relevant to ministry today or just stuff I didn't do anymore because of that whole integrity thing. And I think that that um, letting our yes be yes, I wish I could say I've I've never had a senior leader lie to me. I wish I could say that um, I've never been hurt uh, in the one organization that has brought me the most the most joy in my life, and that's the local church. But you can't play in the mud and not get dirty. And uh, but what you do with that church hurt, and what you do with that lack. Uh, I'm not going to spend my life telling little boys and girls that forgiveness works and not walk in it myself. And that's one of the things that we have to realize uh, that uh, God holds us as ministers to um, a higher uh, uh, accountability. Uh, and it's something that we must walk in integrity. I had to resign a church. Ryan, one time because the pastor told me they called us all in staff meetings, said they were going to ask that uh, we were in the middle of a building campaign. Uh, uh, church of less than 2,000 was building a 7,800 seat auditorium. And um, uh, we got into some problems, and um, the pastor was asking people to uh, mortgage their homes and give the equity that they had in their homes to the church. And um, he said, um, you know, uh, you're, um, I'm going to tell them that they can't lose their home, but that's not true. And I'm asking all of you to, to um, go along with this and not tell them. And as soon as the meeting was over, I walked in his office and resigned because I could not be a part of it. And uh, there's guys that stayed on staff. They're now pastoring their own churches. And I see them on Facebook and different things. And But, I, you know, you just have to be a person of integrity, I think, especially when you're dealing with young people. And uh, because, you know, we're the first representative of Jesus that a lot of teenagers, a lot of, a lot of kids come in contact with and their whole view of the church, their whole view of authority uh, in the church comes from the integrity that we maintain. Yeah, you see, you, I want to, you talk about that in your book and I agree with it. You're talking specifically children. Um, but I would have to say that teenagers, is, it's the same boat for us, oh, for yeah. us oh, yeah. seeing, seeing fake, they can see fake a mile away. And they used to be, used to be said about uh, millennials, how millennials um, are can see, uh, see fake and don't like fake and how that is change, trying to change church models and all that stuff. And that was, again, back in the early 2000s when you're hearing a lot of this stuff. Uh, but now um, it's speaking even more true among Gen Z and Alpha that's coming up 
that uh, they smell fake. Oh yeah, a mile away. So so again, we talk about integrity. You, you're talking about integrity of the leadership. Um, again, it's, it's kind of and I ha- hate to say it. It's really it's really sad that we have to have sometimes these conversations about integrity with leadership. But again, it's it seeps down from our culture of of what success is, and that kind of goes next thing I want I wanted us to kind of wrestle with is you talk about the temptation to be self sufficient, um, and self sufficient. And and when I when I read this and when I was reading your book and I, and I saw this and I really had to do a heart check for myself. Uh, because this is something I wrestle with as a leader is being self-sufficient, trying to do everything on my own. But why, why does, why does this specifically being self-sufficient striving for that? Why does, how does that lead to a lack of integrity and leadership? Well, I think that, um, you know, you can't trust your emotions. You can't trust your feelings. Uh, uh, my mother told me years ago, I'm kind of like Forrest Gump. I'm from I'm originally from Alabama. My mother talked to me all the time. And my mom said, things are never as bad as you think you are. Uh, you think they are. And you're not as wonderful as you think you are. It's always somewhere in between those two. And I think that, you know, you get a little success and you start relying on your own success rather than doing what John 15, 5 says. And that is... Uh, remaining uh, in the Lord. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branch, whoever abides in me and I in him will bring forth much fruit for uh, again, uh, without me, you can do nothing. And I think that we forget that. I think we start believing our own press kit. I think that's the way ministry is. You know, you have these great bios and you say, ooh, man, uh, I'm big stuff. And really, we forget we're dead men walking. We're dead women walking. We just, without Christ in our life, uh, without him, uh, you know, I'm thankful for the fruit that I've had in the past. Um, but I realized one day when I was walking down the store in the frozen uh, food aisle, uh, anything frozen or canned is fruit from another season. And as wonderful as you can prepare that, it's not as good as fruit from this season. And there's a reason why folks go to the farmer's market, uh, farm-to-table restaurants, is because fruit in this season uh, is, is better uh, than fruit in past seasons. And we start, in church work, we start worshiping our past fruit rather than saying, Lord, am I still depending on you uh, like I did when I was younger? Uh, uh, coaching and, you know, uh, my oldest daughter just turned 40. And so I work with a lot of, um, people that are turning 40 and, uh, we have the big talk all the time. Have you read halftime? Uh, and, uh, the whole, um, idea of, um, you know, turning success into success, uh, significance and, you know, uh, Somebody asked me this weekend if I was prayed up, and I told them, yeah, I'm an Alabama fan. If I'm not prayed up after that game, uh, you know, I won't ever be prayed up. But no matter how many points you're ahead or behind, you can't win or lose in the first half. And the only way you can win is to get in the second half. And you can't go to the second half unless you have a halftime. 
a time to review, a time to look at what's doing, a time to make changes. And uh, Bob Buford's book, Halftime, is uh, one of those that talk about this idea of, of going from su- success to significant. And I've, I've seen folks, especially men, go through it in their 30s. They decide, you know, I've seen some success in my life. Uh, is it time for me to still work with teenagers or do I get my own church? And we look at that or now, uh, let's be honest, the big thing is do I become a uh, campus pastor? It's not near as much work as being a student pastor and it pays a little more. And uh, so should I do it? And, um, you know, for me, um, I, the greatest joy in my life is welcoming young people in the name of Jesus to church every weekend, whether they be four or 14. And, um, you know, I, I'm so thankful that I never gave up on student children's ministry. But it's one of those things that we've got to be willing um, to realize that just like I needed a Savior when I came to, to Christ, as a senior in high school, I still need a savior. And uh, we don't pay enough attention um, to uh, feeding our spirit and soul care so that um, we can minister out of our overflow uh, rather than eat while we cook. And it's kind of like being on the grill. There's the folks, oh, I can't eat anything after cooking because you've been eating the whole time. And that's the way a lot of student pastors and children's pastors, uh, folks that don't always attend church, um, do. They just kind of eat while they're preparing food rather than just sitting down and having that intimate time uh, with Father. And uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, I'm I planted a garden this year, not because I wanted to grow vegetables. I wanted just a place where I met Jesus. And uh, I, it, it did more for my spiritual walk than the vegetables did. And it was, it was just time. And I think um, we're too busy to work on our inside. And leadership flows out of uh, our hearts and out of our our um, innermost being, and that's where it all starts. Yeah, you, you mentioned something that um, I kind of want to want to dive into a little bit. And of course, I ha- I have my opinion on this, but it's kind of want to hear your take as well. Is do you think that there is a you talk about soul care and taking care of yourself spiritually and making sure you're prioritizing your relationship with God? Uh, do you think there is a connection point between a lack of integrity in a leader and a lack of developing uh, your walk with Christ? Yeah, I think I think that that one lack leads to the other, and it's just like with your family. Uh, I know so many people in ministry that date their family and they're married to the church. And I want to make sure part of the integrity that I maintain is, um, you know, um, I'm married to my family and I date the church. And, uh, you know, my relationship with Christ is first. My family 
is uh, second. Uh, I still have dates with my wife after 43 years of marriage. Uh, what I did to win her affection, affection is what I do to keep it. Uh, I still spend time with my grown kids. I'm now spending time with my three grand guys. And uh, it's, it's that comes before the church. But I've also learned that my, uh, my example of my, my daily walk with the Lord and my example of my family has a lot to say about the integrity of my ministry. No, I, no, I agree with you. Um, one thing that, and again, I, I'm, I'm learning this as more and more as I have people that I know who found this trap of, of, of losing integrity in ministry. Um, either morally or whatnot, having to step down or been asked to step down from their churches or ministry organizations. Uh, but what I've been noticing as a trend, at least, is in those instances is that there's been um, a lot of, again, we talk about being self-reliant, self-sufficiency, a lot of that and not enough of uh, relying on God. And make God a priority in, in, in their own life, and we we they'll preach it, they'll speak it, um, but they don't practice it, um, which led to, in my opinion, at least led to a lot of this lack of integrity and moral corruption, um, and all that. So, so I, I totally agree when it comes to developing your soul care, developing uh, that aspect as well. Um, one thing I do want to ask is we kind of kind of close. Um, is if you could give one piece of advice uh, when it comes to youth leaders and, and concerning integrity and leadership, what would that be? Well, uh, grow tough skin and keep a tender heart. Uh, forgive uh, folks, don't hold grudges, uh, and uh, be the example that you need to be in every area of your life. Um, I realized as my, uh, as my daughters became teenagers, as they went off to pursue careers, I, you know, being at the same church for 17 years, I had all these people that said, we're watching you, we're watching you. And um, rather than do this as a lesson, I just tried to live as a lifestyle. And, um, you know, it all starts with loving people. I had a uh, young leader on the executive team the other day said, oh, you got another book. He said, what do you think you're better as, an author or a speaker? I said, neither. I'm a better lover of people than both of those. And I think that's the, the maintain uh, the, the difference in maintaining integrity. It's out of a love for teenagers and kids and parents and folks that uh, you choose right. You choose to be an example. And um, again, just taking every thought captive, making obedient to the Lord. Our actions come from our thinking. And so if, we're, if we've got strongholds or wrong thinking that doesn't line up with the scripture and our mind and our attitude, it's going to cause us to, uh, um, you know, this whole idea that we talked about success. Uh, again, Jesus said the greatest among you is a servant of all. And so uh, 
we just have to check our preacher snakers at the door and and move to um, you know what really matters, and that's serving parents, serving kids, serving others, and serving Christ. Absolutely. Um, so if if somebody want to get connected with you, um, or uh, get connected, learn more about your book, and connected with your uh, book as well, what's the best way to get connected with you? Yeah, jimwideman.com is uh, my website. That's the best place um, that'll lead you to all the social media things and uh, all that. But I have a store there as well as, um, uh, you know, Amazon, uh, all the places where you can get books and those things. But jimwideman.com is, uh, you know, the things that uh, kind of the one-stop shop. Well, Jim, I just want to thank you for taking your time out to come on the podcast today. Yeah, man. What an honor. Thank you for having me. Dude, that was crazy. <laughs> Some of the stuff that he's experienced. How insane is that? I know. I know. It, it, yeah, we're talking about uh, specifically that one story uh, yeah. with, with with that. I can't remember. It was, it was a pastor. Yeah, he brought in everybody yeah. and was like, "We're gonna mess everybody's life up with their mortgages." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, uh, <laughs> oh my Atlanta. It, it, it's sad, and I, it's sad to say that I have heard uh, churches doing that before. Ugh. Um, that's not the first time I've heard it, but man, it's like, why would you do that to people? You you call yourself a believer in Christ. You call yourself the church, uh, and you're. Why would you do that to people? I just it blows my mind. That that to me smacks of something. I mean, and he kind of touches on this throughout the conversation, but that that makes me think that that guy was trying to build his own kingdom and his own empire, and not interested in building the kingdom of God. Yeah, no, I, no, I agree. Uh, but I'm very thankful for for Jim kind of diving on that topic of uh, this topic of, of integrity and leadership. Because, man, it, it is very easy for any of us, even uh, those who are listening, any of us who are in leadership, if we're not careful, if we're not striving every day to put God first in everything we do and loving Him with our entire being and loving other people, if we're not striving that for that daily, it is so easy for each one of us to just fall in this trap of making our leadership all about us mm-hmm. and that is a very dangerous path that ultimately leads to our own destruction yeah i w- when we do ministry this is it's not the me show it's the jesus show and we're just a supporting character often in the background or on the side so i mean it's not about us we have to constantly remember that um and also be future thinking when, when we're trying to do the work that we do, um, constantly be thinking, you know, when I'm gone in, I think, what did he say? He gave his pastor 25 years notice. <laughs> yeah, to see, like, yeah. He said, I'll keep working in my eight in the seventies and my eighties. But once I get to my nineties, I'll go part-time. <laughs> <laughs> like we have to be future thinking. Like are, are the things that I'm doing now, the, the, the structures I'm putting into place, the decisions I'm making, the transparency I may or may not be allowing in the ministry, is that going to allow the guy that comes after me to slide into this easier and continue the ministry and continue building the kingdom? Or is this all going to crash and burn when I leave because I've based it all on myself and not Jesus? 
So that, that's that's kind of my takeaway for it. Um, hopefully it was encouraging to you guys. Hopefully it was a challenge uh, that we maintain ministry integrity. And um, we want to thank you uh, for listening to our podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you listeners. Uh, appreciate the feedback. Uh, I, I've gotten a few of uh, people in my personal life that will message me directly and tell me, hey, I listened to the podcast and I really enjoyed it. So I appreciate that. If you would be so kind to put a review in a podcast platform, either star or comment review, that would be great too, because that'll keep us near the top of the search results so that we can continue to provide solid youth ministry content for those who are looking for it. And um, we'd also like to connect with you on Facebook. We have a Youth and Culture Facebook page, but we also have a group that you can join and you can collaborate with other youth workers in there. You can contact me and Ryan directly. Uh, you can throw out ideas if there's something that you've got a question about that you want us to cover. Um, we'll see if Ryan can find an expert and I can find a friend. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk about it with us because for some reason, Ryan's really good at finding those guys. And I'm just like, hey, buddy, you want to be on my podcast? Um, and we, we just love to connect with you guys there. Also, remember, we're part of the RFP network of podcasts as well. So there's, uh, I think, now 10 other podcasts that are part of that um, wide range of topics you guys can cover. Go to rfpnetwork.org and you can find all of those there. Well, guys, stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you.